Hello, everybody, and welcome to the HTML All Things Podcast, episode 83, What We Need to Do Better. I'm your host, Matt Lawrence, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Mike Rand. If you've been enjoying the podcast so far and you want to support us, there's a couple of ways you could do that. You could review us on that Apple podcast or on the platform that you're listening to this on. You can check us out on Patreon. There's only a couple of tiers, but the $3 tier will give you a shout out in the show, and we will also post a link. Uh, paste a link. Paste a link? Paste a link. Sounds like a service. We'll also put a link of your choosing in our show notes. And probably the most important one is to just tell your friends or anyone else that you know that we're here and we're ready to be listened to. And if they're ready to go a step further, or if you're ready to go a step further, you can come check us, come check out and hang out with us at our Discord server. Discord server is uh, well over 300 members now. I think it might actually be 400. I'm not actually yeah, sure. Well now. over 400 members. Well over 400 members now. Damn. And, uh, you know, growing. A lot, of people, a lot of people chatting in there. A lot of people at different programming levels. And we're also doing uh, a coding challenge as well. So uh, coding challenge is on now. And I will announce the end date for submissions at the end of this. So that's just an FYI for anyone that's in Discord server. There's a coding challenge live right now, and I will an- announce when we <clears throat> excuse me when we want to hand it in at the end of the show. Anyway, Mike, weekly pain point, take it away. All right, my weekly pain point this week is upcoming travel. So I booked some travel, uh, going to New York for a conference. It's going to be at the end of March. Uh, the reason it's a pain point is because this whole coronavirus thing is kind of it's not really freaking me out on a coronavirus level. It's freaking me out on a level of like. Is my travel going to get canceled? Is the state's going to just go into quarantine? Um, I don't know. I'm just, it's uncertain if I'll be able to go or not, which is a weird feeling because usually when you book travel, you're pretty sure you're going to go. And now it's like, oh, are they going to close the borders or whatever? I don't know. That's about, that's about it for my weekly pain point though. What would you meant? Uh, so mine is support woes. So we've had some outages, uh, this, this week, some random outages and we're kind of playing that, playing the support train. So it's like, call this team. You know, call that team, email that guy, send this guy logs, you know, go into this support system, submit a ticket to this person. And it's one of these issues where we actually don't control it much. We only have, I'm not going to get into it uh, for security purposes, but we basically have about four or five settings or something very minimal. And I've gone through those settings with someone on the phone from one of, from the, uh, the provider of this service. And they've, you know, they've said, yep, that's all right. So something I think is wrong on their end, but like they're, you know, obviously slow to respond. So then it's like, well, what do we do? I mean, it's been a day, it's been a day, day and a half. It's not like it's been like a week, but it's still like, all right, like, wait, 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 get an email. Oh, now we got to go, you know, check this thing on the server. Wait, 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 et cetera. Just the support, the support train. I don't know what else to call it. That's not a bad name, actually. Support that, train? Yeah, call we should do we should have another podcast called the Support Train. We all we all board the support train and do like interviews with IT professionals in their worst moments. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Do you mean as in like literally call them in their worst moment as they're panicking and then do the interview as they're I mean, panicking? I, I didn't think that, but maybe, you know, yes. I think people would listen to that. Although well, how are we how? supposed to know when like that know. office is having a No, problem? no, I know how. We would have to create the moment. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it would have to be like a series of unfortunate events for this one company that we've created. And then we call the IT manager at that time as we know he's panicking and be like, how is it going? Is How's it, it going, uh, bud? And then they get yeah. our names and then they arrest us. <laughs> it would be a short podcast, but it'd be interesting. <laughs> like six episodes in and be like, these sons of bitches. Like, Maybe we get arrested live on air. 
become viral sensations, and we start a podcast from within prison. Oh my! He's planning a whole life. Get your making a murderer webcam out then. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, that's from a previous episode. That's a uh, that's a really well, it's a pretty obscure reference, but many of you probably know what it is. Uh, but one of the things I'm just gonna preface this episode with is that. I was busy doing this support thing, and so I didn't write any notes. I was supposed to actually do the notes this week. I didn't do the notes. I'm the one that has the web news, and it's all in my head, and it's in pieces, and I didn't write it down because I was doing the support thing and I'm too busy. So, um, I'm going to probably say I'm a lot. <laughs> and Mike, please take it away. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I've hobbled these notes together. I think they're okay. Uh Let's do this. So segment number one is self-assessment. So sometimes it's important to take a minute and look at your own skills and habits as they're progressing. And self-assessments let us take time and ask the right questions, usually starting with something like simple questions and going on to more complex and harder questions for yourself. You want to be balanced and fair on yourself. Like you don't want to ask why you're shit. Like you don't want to have like a question where you're going to feel bad at the end so much, but you can ask harder questions of like, what do you need to improve and so on. So I just want to go through some of these questions. Uh, I got an article off of CIO.com called careers staffing 10 tips for making self-evaluations meaningful. And I kind of like the questions that they were asking and the ideas that they had. So I'm just going to ask those questions and respond with what I, not necessarily my own answers, but I'm going to respond with kind of how that question will manipulate or change the way that you see your own careers. So what are our biggest priorities right now? So in this sense, like the question would be about your current state of work. So what is your, what do you need to do currently in your work to succeed and go on? So is it something like, do you absolutely need to learn a new stack? Do you need to get better at the one you're using? Do you need to get better at certain skills? Like what is the, what are those things and break them down into maybe one or two or three things? Don't go, go, go intense because as we get more questions asked, more stuff will get added to the list and you'll have to kind of vary and weigh what you actually want to work on, what you think you'll have to kind of compromise on. Cause we can't, none of us are perfect. And that's something that we have to realize. We all make mistakes. We all fail. We've had like discussions like this on the podcast before. You can't beat yourself up for everything. But the point is you want to get me make, make yourself better. You want to go forward in your life. And these kinds of self-assessments every once in a while can help you with that goal. The other thing is, are you on track with your goals? So, Assuming that you've already done some self-assessments before, maybe they weren't as formal. Maybe you're just sitting like, you know, drinking coffee and be like, hmm, I wonder if I should, you know, get better at this. Maybe I should be able to monetize my content better. Maybe I should write a, you know, article a week, stuff like that. Look back on your goals that you've kind of internalized or maybe you've written down, uh, depending on your strategy and see if you're on track. Cause it's important to see not only are you on track, but how you've maintained. So if you, if you, let's say you're on track for one or two of the goals that you've done. Look at your habits that you formed while doing those those uh, tasks and try to apply that to your other tasks. That's, that's the point of this kind of question is you're internalizing your own, uh, your own methods and externalizing them maybe onto a piece of paper or you're just thinking about them and you're making it like before it's kind of like a habit for you. 
But that habit is a method that you can apply to other strategies, other tasks, other skills and stuff like that. So just get that basic understanding of are you on track? I have a I have a comment about these two together, actually. So I waited for you to go through both. Um, one of the things, so the, just to reiterate, the first one was what are our biggest priorities right now? And then are you on track? These two kind of really go hand in hand. And I think one of the issues that I face is... I'm kind of all over the place, to be honest, uh, but I'm all over the place not because I'm all over the place. I'm all over the place because the work is all over the place. So this person calls, has an idea, all of a sudden that sparks this big thing where we work on it for three weeks, like, you know, working nights and everything else going crazy, big crunch time, it's done, then it sort of sits there. Uh, you know, these these support problems we're having right now like, this is not planned. This is not something that if I were to plan, I don't know, I'll do a Udemy course a day or like I do a, like a module in my Udemy course a day or I'll do a free code camp course or something. These are things that I can't, these are things that I can't do now. And so what I struggle with, and I guess I'm, I'm almost asking for feedback from Mike maybe is like, you, like, I can't stay up all the time, for example. I can't stay up all the time and I can't be working all the time. You know, I'll, I'll certainly stay late or do whatever I need to to get the job done. But at the end of the day, like last night, I had the phone. I Like, I did a support call. I did a support email. Now I have to, like, I have to wait. So I could keep screwing around with this problem and try to solve it myself. But all, you know, but all things considered, it was like one or two in the morning, I think. So it's like, well, are we really going to do that? Or are we going to you know, take a breast at this point. Am I going to go to sleep? Am I going to watch some TV? Like, what am I going to do? And I think there's like a guilt associated with that too. So it's like, I feel bad being like, well, I didn't finish. I didn't actually have a Udemy course plan to be clear, but let's just say I did. I, I'd be like, well, you know, I, I probably like, I should have finished that Udemy course. Like I probably should have finished that thing. I probably should have finished that article I was supposed to write. But in reality, it's like, do I really need to feel bad because I put in if you break everything down into work units, like work hours, I did my work for the day. It's not like I was just sitting there being like, man, I really should do this, but I'm going to play a flash game or something. So I don't know. I don't know if you want to unpack that a bit, Mike, but that's certainly something that people in a bunch of industries, but tech, especially, well, I say especially, but it's the only thing I've experienced tech, especially we get interrupted all the time because especially if you're an agency, you run a lot of different things. We have a project that, that we built. It was over a two or three week period and it was completely random. Like it wasn't planned at all. It was, and it, and, and it is huge and it is still going right now. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think you're right. I am going to unpack that. And it's a bigger, it's a bigger question than it seems because it's like, what do you do with the interruptions and how do you manage your time so that you don't have that guilt and you still get the task completed in the best, in the most efficient amount of time? Because when you get when you get these support problems, when it's something that you didn't predict, um, I think one of the things that you have to do is you have to go through kind of a an incident response system, where what you do first is identify what the issue is as best as you, as best as you can. Sometimes you can't fully identify it, but at least have more information than you did when you got, obviously before. Try to do a temporary solution, if there is a temporary solution. And don't spend too much time on those two things because you just need to get something out there as much as possible. Just get something out. If there is no temporary solution, communicate to the customer about what's going on. Because what I like to do with, with these things is I like to 
do the incident response as quick as possible and then communicate to the customer like, hey, there was an issue with with whatever with whatever whatever the system is. Here's what I've done. Uh, it's now temporarily solved. It's now not solved. Like you communicate truthfully, obviously, but I like to come to the customer with at least something rather than just go to the customer right away when I see the issue, because it could be as simple as like flipping a flag, or it could be as simple as, uh, you know, getting on a support call and two seconds later, it's fixed. Like we don't know how long it is, but if you unnecessarily contact the customer right away, when you get the issue, uh, they will start panicking and that will induce even more panic for you. And then you'll be under a more time crunch. So again, go through the system, go through these little things. And then once you're at the point where you're actually trying to solve it, that's when you kind of have to divvy up your time correctly because you can go down a lot of rabbit holes. But when you get to that point where you're at a wall and you're like, okay, maybe this isn't on me. I kind of like to then go to the support system. So like w- with our issue, I'm not going to get too far into it because of the security aspects, but it, it it is something to do with a third party. So you reach that point. I don't know how long it took you to reach the point of being like, oh, it's definitely a third party or it's like, you know, 50% or 60% a third party. It's definitely, but, it was definitely a couple of hours, but the, hours. the thing with this is, is like with any system, there's so many flags and settings and in our case, there's only like four settings, but there's a bunch of different other things that are, you know, this thing runs the site. And so there's so many other aspects that I'm worried about. It's like, is it our server? Is it this? Is it that? Is it this? Like, is it on our end? Like, are they going to come back and say, is it on our end? But to me, like, like, honestly, if I was able to look at their system, like if I worked for the third party as well, somehow, and I was able to look, I would be spending like 90% of my troubleshooting time in their system right now. Okay. So exactly. So with, with that, like once you reach that point where you're pretty sure, like you don't have to be a hundred percent sure, but once you reach that point, you're, you have to trust your gut and you have to trust your instincts. And that's when you have to cut the time loss for yourself being like, okay, I think it's this, I think it's the third party system. I've done a, B and C to make sure that it's not us. Like it's still possible that it's us, but it's my, I'm going to make sure. So now I'm going to cut out the other, the other big portion because Worst case scenario, that third-party system comes back to you and says, hey, it's on your end. It could be this, this, and this. And then you'll be you'll have more leads to get into and start troubleshooting, so you won't be wasting time as much. Or even if they don't come back with any direct solution for you to do, uh, you still have a different perspective on it because now you're thinking more, instead of like putting the blame on them, you're thinking more, okay, maybe it is internalized. And that's a different mind process. Uh, and you might be able to solve the problem faster. Pretty much what I'm saying is, is like cut your time loss as much as possible. So once you get to a decision, make it. And if you have to wait, then wait and move on to different, different tasks as you're going. Make sure the customer's involved. Make sure all that's going, but don't like cycle on it. Don't just keep doing the same thing over and over again and checking the same things and wasting a bunch of time, even though you think that you might be able to solve it. And maybe you will, like maybe you, after eight hours of this, you might be able to get somewhere, but that eight hours could have been cut down to, you know, one or two. If the customer came back and directed you or not the customer, the third party came back, directed you at the problem and you just went and looked there and solved it. Worst case, or maybe they come back and solve it for you. So that that's, that's how I handle those situations. I try and like, it, it is tough. Um, and it's, I think it is a little bit tougher when you're self-employed as well, because you're like that guilt feeling is like, because you're responsible for everything. 
It's your it's your business. Yeah. You're 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 like being hired by the client to do this portion of it. So you're responsible for everything as much as possible, and that's why you put that guilt on yourself. But the trick is to try to do as much as you can, and then that should elevate your guilt. Like you should. It's something you have to practice, in my opinion. It's not something you can get good at, but try to follow those steps. And it, to touch on that too, and like to really, I guess, almost touch on self improvement in this case is one of the things that. I used to do, and I'm sure a bunch of you do out there is, you know, you get that guilt feeling like you're saying you're self-employed or even if you're just working in a team and you're, you're responsible for a certain piece of something and you get that guilt feeling. It's one of those things where like I used to panic and like freak the hell out. Um, but I would panic and freak the hell out like professionally. <laughs> like I wouldn't be like throwing punches and everything else, but I would be like internally being like, holy fuck, holy crap. What is going on? Like, what am I supposed to do? Freaking out. Uh, but now it's just sort of like, okay, I'll go take a look. You look around, you're like, oh. I don't know, like, this is, this looks fine to me. And then you call the people, you know, you email them, whatever. And then you just sort of move on. So, like, I still have a little bit of that guilt feeling. Like, I still feel like, I, I, like, it's still like an open case is because it literally is. It's still like an open case on me and something's down. So it's like, oh my God, like, this is supposed to be up 24 seven and it's down, but it isn't the end of the world. Like the way I look at this stuff now is it's like, if I was sick right now and literally incapable of helping, no one's going to like die and <laughs> no one's going to. And the whole, like, the whole client isn't going to shut down. So. Exactly. And I think with that calm and cool approach, you'll be able to solve it a lot better than with a panic and throw everything out kind of approach. So, but with that, with that being said, uh, let's move on here. Once you get the the basis of those first two questions that I've asked, and I'm going to repeat them because we haven't talked about them in a while. They are the, what are your, what are your biggest priorities right now? Are you on track? The third question you want to ask yourself, and this is more of an action now is what do you need to focus on? So after you've gone through those priorities, are you on track? Now you have kind of a system in place. What of those things should I put my attention into first? Is it, you know, getting better at Vue.js? Is it getting better at Git? Is it uh, interpersonal skills? Is it maybe doing better marketing? Is it design? Like whatever, whatever you decide on, that's where like you should put your focus to. That's the point is like actually deciding on something will help you then start the self-improvement process. Next here is where do you think you need to devote more time and energy? So if you're doing a task and maybe you look at your life, like what, what have you been doing? Maybe you go home at night and you just sit there in front of the TV and do nothing. Maybe that time and energy that you're doing, you can be devoted to not necessarily work stuff. Maybe it's devoted to, you know, going out and meeting new people. Maybe it's devoted to exercising. Maybe it's something different because the stuff that you do outside of work can also impact your work life and and can impact your entire, you know, general happiness and general uh, productivity because you'll have felt accomplished and all that. And you can work on work stuff outside of work indirectly. So let's say you need to work on your interpersonal skills, right? Well, instead of sitting at home every day, maybe you can go to a volunteering session. Maybe you can go to a conference, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, that's where you would focus a little bit more time and energy as you, as you go on. Next here is how can I help make the, how can you help make the job easier? So what are the, what steps can you implement to make your job easier? And with this question, I kind of see it as what can you automate? So what do you do every day that seems repetitive? Go through your day and be like, okay, um, well, I, you know, do, I don't even know what, what you could automate, but maybe it's like sending some 
ran, like generated emails. Like maybe you have a bunch of emails that you have to send every day for, like with status updates to your clients. Maybe you can create a script or maybe you can create some sort of application that will ge- generate those emails for you and send them automatically. Um, but there's many other things like you could do. Like if the, maybe there's in Excel, you're doing something constantly the same thing. Like you're copying a, a database and you're manipulating it in the same way every day to give a status report. That kind of stuff can be handled by either a macro or something like that. So find stuff where that can make your work life more efficient and invest time into doing it. Because we always kind of kick it down the road. I know I do 100% is like, I'm doing something repetitively. And I'm like, Oh, I really should write a script for this or something like that. And I'm like, Oh, well, that's going to take more time than actually doing it. So I'm not, I'm just going to keep doing it. And then like, by the sixth time, you're already eating into the time that it would have taken you to create that thing. And you could have been saving time by that time. So find a couple things that you can do to make your life easier, essentially. Next here is look back on your year and think what could you have done better? Like what didn't you do effectively this year? So this is kind of a more critical one of yourself. Again, don't beat yourself up and be like, okay, well, I was shit the entire year. I didn't learn anything. No, that's not true. Most likely Uh, you probably did learn something, but look at those things that really stand out to you as failures or maybe just not exactly perfectly executed uh, events and try to see what you could do in those events to what you could have done in those events to make it better. So what can you do now to prevent events like that from happening, et cetera, et cetera. So kind of get, get to a point where you can evaluate your failures and learn from them and actually do something about it and make it better for yourself in the future. One thing, then, uh, yeah, uh, so just to like jump in there too. So one of the things that I've been doing this year uh, is – I mean, I've talked about this a few times. I'm trying to like UX everything out. So I'm not spending, you know, a copious amount of time thinking about it. But like one of the things I'm trying is I'm trying wireless charging. Is that going to be more efficient? Is that going to be more efficient in the car? Is that going to be more efficient? Uh, It isn't. Um, I'm going to tell you that right now. It absolutely is not. And I'll probably get to that in another episode at some point. It it absolutely is not. Uh, Already had an overheating incident. So that was good. Uh, So then anyway, so, but whatever, like I got to try Like, what am I going to do? But like, um. Like one of the things I am doing is I'm doing a lot of different like I'm procedural I'm procedural proceduralizing probably not a word things. So what I'm doing is I'm making it so that I like we just did our our finances and I made like a procedure. I'm like okay this is how I'm going to do receipts from now on and I like fill this in I fill this memo in so it's searchable and I make it so then no I can't script that but yes I can in Notepad have like the things that I want to copy paste and I can quickly like copy paste copy paste copy paste copy paste then just enter in the amount and then that way or i template things in 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 quickbooks when i can template things do recurring templates those type of things i'm doing all that type of stuff this year it's all about the ux this year from what i'm doing i'm doing a lot of weird efficiency stuff Um, quick question quick question on that are memo fields actually searchable in quickbooks yeah i'm pretty sure okay so, like, what I've been adding is, even if it's the incorrect term, I always put the term that I that first comes to mind into it. So, yeah, like, let's say, so, like, let's say something isn't payroll, but I, I will always, when I log into QuickBooks and want to find it, I will always type in payroll. I just put that in the memo. Because that's not a legal thing. Government doesn't give a crap. And it's just for me to be able to find it. So, stuff like that I've been doing. Uh, I've been using Trello. I've been using Trello a fair bit and using some of those templates and that type of things. So, I've been using that. And then I'm really want to start 
We really want to start getting some automated stuff. So, like, one of the things is in the new hat site, we're going to have a scheduler. Like, a scheduler is literally required. We're going to, we're going to have a scheduler. Um, and that's going to allow us to actually post our show notes at a proper time. Cause what happens is, I don't know if any of you noticed the show notes don't go up. Brief aside, uh, sometimes what happens is, is I, you know, I do the episode, I do everything and I then post it. Something comes up on a Wednesday. And then I just completely forget about posting the show notes. And the reason why I don't post them right away is because I finish the episode, you know, editing on a Tuesday. I schedule it for release on the Wednesday. And then, so that's really efficient. Schedule everything for the release on the Wednesday. But then I have this problem where I can't, I can't, um, what would you say? Like I can't schedule the post. I can't schedule the post, but I also can't schedule the, the propagation to the services. Is what yeah, I was the links. So like, like links I literally like it gets platform. posted and I don't and it's not like I can make an appointment at noon because I'm like, oh, I got to go make sure all the services we have that like availability bar as we call it where all the links. So then I like wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. But it'd be way more efficient to just forego that bar, not completely, but just have the bar there, but just have some of the options that are like always the same link, like Apple and whoever. And then I can literally, as I remember, even if it's the next week, just go in and add it as a UX thing. But then at least all the show notes are there. That's one of our, that's, that's a major inefficiency in our procedure. And this year, like that's, that was, that was happening last year. And this year is a time where I'm going to be looking at, okay, new site. How do we fix this? How do we make this procedure so that when I upload the show, I could just upload it all, upload the show notes, upload the show, upload everything. So little things like that is huge. Cause now I don't have to think about it. Like when, when I schedule the Facebook and the actual podcast episode going out, it's fantastic. And I also have recently signed up for the Facebook, I don't know, Creator Studio or the hell it's called, and I can schedule Instagram and Facebook posts, and I will do that, and I have done that on other pages and stuff like that, and I schedule our episode, because I upload it to watch on Facebook now, I upload that every week. So, efficiencies like that, like just as a real world example, efficiencies like that really, like, actually extremely save time. Okay. Yeah, I mean... I completely agree with you. And that's another thing that like the automation aspect is like what, what could make your job easier? This is exactly a response to that question. Like automate stuff. Yeah. Literally automate it, bought it, like bought it out as I, as I say, yeah, <laughs> like as much as you possibly can. Like that's not only is it that you're doing something that's going to make yourself more efficient. You're actually gaining skills in different kinds of organizational methods. So whether it be maybe scripting, Scripting is a skill. It's something that you can definitely, you know, get hired on to do for, or at least part of a job description. Um, you're getting skills in macros if you're doing Excel. You're getting skills in scheduling in general if you're doing just podcast scheduling even. All that stuff builds up, but it's like sometimes you think it's a wasted waste of time because you can just quickly, you know, do it yourself. But really, mistakes can happen more often if you don't have it scheduled, stuff like that. So it's a good point. On the next thing here is what what are your strengths so the reason it's important to kind of evaluate yourself not only from a negative side or like what you need to work on in a positive side is again coming back to the point of being able to reproduce your efficiencies so if you're good at something how did you become good at it what did you do so evaluate yourself from the aspect of um what am i good at and be honest with yourself uh, and be generous with yourself as well like don't don't just be like you know i don't i'm not good at anything no, you are good at something. Find find the thing that you're good at and then think back on how you became good at it. And then use that same strategy or a variation of that strategy to become good at your priorities and what you're focusing on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
coming back to it is what are your weaknesses and how you can improve them. So again, it's bringing you down a little bit, but you need to be able to be self-aware enough to identify your weaknesses without going into like a depression spiral. Um, and when you identify a weakness, you should be happy and be like, okay, now I can find ways to improve myself because again, I have strengths. How did I get those strengths? Uh, maybe I can use those methods again to get my weaknesses up a little bit. There's some things that you can't improve and that's okay. Like there's some, maybe you're just not a people person, but with that being said, you can still become a little bit more socially, socially apt. Like you can, you can work on yourself to a point where it becomes less of a serious issue and becomes just something that you don't like to do. Because there's there's certain things that you just can't get rid of. Like there's just, you know, there's a reason why everyone's different in life. And the last the last question here is, where can I take personal initiative and become a better employee or owner or whatever and contribute to next year. So this is more of the same kind of question, but it's a question asked at the end of this kind of journey that you go on with yourself. And this doesn't have to be something that you do on like a quarterly basis. It could be bi-quarterly, like it could be, uh, you know, twice a year, once a year that you do these kind of assessments and they don't have to be a long time either. You can just quickly ask yourself these questions, maybe write it down, maybe not up to you. But at the end of it, you want to make sure that you get something out of it. And when you ask yourself, what can you personally do? <laughs> That's kind of getting, getting to the point of being like, okay, now I know what my weaknesses are, what my strengths are. Now I know what I can do with it, with, with all this information. And this is what I'm going to do. Like I'm going to, you know, start volunteering. I'm going to get better, like do code, do a code camp. I'm going to, uh, read, read up on React. I'm going, like whatever you decide have an action in place for that decision. Well, I, so, I have a question actually. Yeah, so go ahead. following this is, you know how there's like a lot of gurus out there, a lot of like, I don't know whether they're necessarily self-help gurus, but there's just business gurus and there's gurus of all kind. Um, and a lot of them will talk about stuff like self-reflection and do this, do that, or do this procedure. I know it's crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but do this procedure and it'll improve, you know, your productivity or it'll improve your memory or like whatever they're trying to either sell you or just tell you what to do. Um, do you find that questions like this? Cause I, 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 when I actually think about it, I, I, I think they're legit, but when I think about it just really briefly, it's almost like an eye roll. And I think that maybe some of the audience might be affecting that where is this, are these type of questions where you like self reflect on your last year and stuff like that? Is this sort of fantasy esque? You know what I'm trying to get at? Like, it, these are legitimate questions that you should be asking yourself. And if you, if you've asked, if you've asked yourself this question, these questions or one or like, you know, one or more of these questions in the past, if you've asked yourself one or more of these questions in the past without having actually used this wording or without having found a guide to tell you to ask yourself these questions, you probably don't think these are foolish. But I think that if you're like a, for lack of a better way to say it, like a soldier in the trenches working on the front line of like a, like a freelance agency or something, you're probably just being like, man, I'm too busy to be reflecting on how I went last year. Like, we're barely hanging on here. The site's barely up or the traffic's too high. The app is like, keeps crashing or whatever. I need to get this done. I don't have time. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 don't, I don't know how we can really unpack that, but it's just one of those, it's one of those things where it, I just, the very first thing that comes to mind is like those self-help gurus and like those business gurus tell you, do these 90 steps or do these four steps or do these. But like these questions are legitimately things 
that you you should be asking yourself, finding efficiencies and all the rest of it. Yeah, so I think the formality of it is what kind of can freak people out a little bit and make them eye roll. And I, I've done the eye roll many times myself. It's like, why would I ever do that kind of thing? Like, why would I ever sit down and do all these questions? Like, I think I'm fine. But I think what prompts an actual list of questions is the point where you're like, I do want to get better. How do I do that? Like, as soon as you start asking yourself that question, and I think it's something that you can't really, it's something that I, I couldn't go up to someone and be like, you got to make yourself better. You know what I mean? And they just immediately go and make themselves better. It's something you have to come to yourself. It's a, it's one of those situations in life. Like if you want to lose weight or if you want to get better at something, or if you want to, you know, kick an addiction, no amount of people telling you that you got to do it is going to make you do it. It's like something you have to just come to yourself fully and hundred percent agree with. And then you find ways to do it. And I think one of the ways to get better at your job or something is to ask meaningful questions of yourself. Not, maybe not necessarily these questions 100%. Like I'm not saying that if you ask your, if you ask all these questions of yourself, write down all the answers, get all, you know, get it all down in a plan and work, work on yourself 100%. You'll, you'll be 10 times better. No, there is no quantifiable amount that you can become better by asking, you know, a, a list of questions that I've just given you. But I think it's a good outline on what you should think about. And sometimes the formality of it does scare you. So maybe just you sit down and think about these questions for yourself and just, just have your, a, a moment of self-reflection, just like 20 minutes or 10 minutes, uh, and just think where you're at and where you want to be. Really, those are the two main questions. The other ones are kind of complementary to it, but wh where are you right now in your life and where do you want to be? And then how do you get there? Yeah. Just oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Well, one of the things that I actually heard recently um, on – I don't know whether it was an old episode or not because it just had a playlist going. But it was on the uh, the Pat Flynn podcast, the Smart Passive Income podcast. And one of the people said – one of the guests said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically like ask yourself where you want to be, but don't put any sort of limitations on it. Don't think about, well, I want to be a millionaire, but like I'm poor, so it's too big of a gap. Like don't think about – the path think about well this is where i want to be like whatever it is i want to be a i don't know a millionaire is probably a bad goal just to, as a general thing to it'll probably you'll probably beat yourself up quite a bit every dollar you spend but it'll but something you know i want to be the run i want to be the manager i want to run a indie company like an indie dev a game dev company i want to run i want to be in a band or like whatever just think about like where you want to be and what what specifically got me with this was he was like, what, specifically, what legacy do you want to leave? And then, like, work towards it. But don't, he's like, one of the issues, and he said it, like, in one sentence, so I'm, like, really drawing this out. But he one of the things he was saying was that, like, people get bogged down by the real world, the real world, like, limitations and such. And those exist, of course, but... The very, like, if, if, if we, if we were to have a goal of like, let's raise our revenue to a million dollars this year, we're just going to beat ourselves up and it's going to be a freaking disaster. Like, there's no way we're going to get there. But if we say something more realistic, like, let's become comfortable 
in the near future financially and move into a managerial only position. Then we can do things like, oh, okay, like, let's learn to delegate better. Like, literally down to that level. Let's learn to delegate better. Oh, and let's, let's get a better support system for our customers. They can call us at this line or something. Oh, let's get some automated tools so they can look at wikis and read guides so that they won't necessarily have to call us. Like, just those steps. Like, those are just things you could slowly work towards. So. And I, I, I agree with that because I don't like quantifiable goals either. Like, I don't like, okay, I want to have $8,000 in my bank account by this time of the year, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't like the quantifiable. I like the, the ones where, like you said, I want to have more financial freedom. I want to have an, an ability to go on a vacation once a year or twice a year. Like those kinds of goals yeah, yeah, yeah. are ones that you can work towards. You can see, I want to leave a legacy of some sorts. I think that that everyone has different motivations. So it's tough to pinpoint what's going to, you know, interact, like what's going to resonate with you. Yeah. But you have to find that for yourself. And I think that's a part of this whole experience is like, that's the point is like, where do you want to be? Like, where are you going? And not, well, not where do you want to be in a year? Where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be? Like, where, where do you want to end up? Yeah. Like, do you, do you want to, like, if, if you're okay with working in an agency for your, the rest of your life, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a problem. But do you want to be able to go out on vacation? Do you want to have financial freedom? Like, do you want to just have a pay increase? Stuff like that. Do you want to have a sidekick? Like, do you just want to have a blog where you post stuff? Like, in, yeah. you know, do you want that? Who knows? Exactly. Well, one that, of the, those are the, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, one no. of the, I was going to say one of the quantifiable things that I've done recently, and I was talking to you about this yesterday is, is investing. So I've done a lot of, I'm not going to like go into my whole investing plan, but like one of the things that I've been doing is I've been like slowly researching and learning and paying for my research by losing money in the stocks and blah, 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 blah. Now I'm not a stock market guru by any means possible. So please do not take my actual advice. So I won't actually give specific advice. But what I learned is one of my problems was I just don't see the money move around. I don't see it. Like I see money go out and I see stocks come in, but then I just don't, I need a visual representation. So one of the things I decided to do was I was like, well, like one of the, one of the best ways to invest early. So I was told again, I'm not an, I'm not a thing is to try to get into some dividend stock, stock, stocks pay dividends. So I did a bunch of research on ones that pay dividends, found some stable ones, blah, 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 figured that out. But then I found, I was like, I like monthly, I like cash flow. So I was like, okay, let's find some monthly ones, find some monthly, see, I'm just like slowly increasing that process. Now I'll find monthly ones. Then I got to the point where I was like, I was doing that, but I was at the point where I didn't see the money. I, I would have to go into my like activity log in the account and it's like, you know, pennies and it's like, what the hell? Like, this looks like crap, you know, kind of thing. So what I did is I said, okay, you know what the hell with this? I'm going to make myself addicted to, to saving money, throwing it into my, this like stock investing account and actually invest. And what I did was I have an Excel. I write down the date it was bought, what was bought, how much it was bought for, how many of was bought. So like how many stocks at what dividend per year. And the, I have an Excel automatically set up. So when I type in those few numbers and that those like few pieces of information, it pumps out how much I make per year. And so what that led me to do was yesterday was the some of our stocks weren't doing too great because of coronavirus and whatever else so i was like hey i got a bunch of cash on hand i'm gonna do the biggest investment i ever did and drop 2k now my residual income increased by double which is invisible in the program the most investing programs or buried because you're not a big stock guy you're not like a two million dollar a day smart guy stock guy but I would never have saved those $2,000 if it hadn't been for me doing all this research. And now it's like, damn, like I'm actually saving stuff. 
I'm making money back. I could see how much money I'm making back. I could see how much I'm getting per month, per year. And I'm addicted to saving. Like, if I make a good amount of money this year, I'm going to dump a whole bunch into saving. Like, that's just, that would never have happened before. And that was one of my goals. Like, hey, I really want to, like, actually save. I've never been a person to spend my whole paycheck. So, like, my money always slowly increases. But at the same time, I've never been a person to be like, I know what my savings plan is. Like, I never had a savings plan. It was always just, like, be fiscally conservative. That was always my savings plan. Now I have a thing where it's like, put at least 420. No, it's not 420. Thanks. Because it's $15 a day. So put at least $15 a day. So on average, $420 haha, into uh, a savings account every month and invest it in a certain way. And it, and it, I told Mike, it is working. I literally started in November and I've caught up to some of my friends who like taught me the investing game. I literally caught up to their dividend earn. That's great. Like, and, and the thing, what, what I'm taking away from your aspect of this is that you started with a non-quantifiable thing. I want to learn how to save. Yep. And you slowly worked into putting actual quantifiable numbers to it. And I think that's a good strategy as well. So because we don't know what we don't know. So when you're saying, I want to be a millionaire, you don't know what that takes. So why, if you say, I want financial freedom, as you work towards it, you'll understand what financial freedom means to you. And maybe you will put a quantifiable number. Like I want an early retirement. That's not a quantifiable goal. But when you start working towards it and you start doing your research and you start working, like actually working towards the goal, you'll find out what that number is and then you'll, you'll quantify it. So I think with most of these goals, and I'm learning with everyone right now, because like, as you said, this is what, that's what I do as well. I start with a non-quantifiable and then I slowly migrate to something that I can actually put a number to usually. Um, I just never realized that I was doing that, but I think that makes sense. Yeah, that, that's a good one is you don't, that's probably what makes, that probably removes some of the whimsicalness is I don't need to sit back and be like, I need to improve on six tasks this year. I just need to be like, man, I need to be more efficient when I write documents. And then y'all go like looking for an app and be like, whoa, because I didn't know what was available. And I go like, whoa, there's templated like documents in this like different word processor. What can I do with this? <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. So with that being said, let's move on to the next segment here, uh, which is segment number two, improvement. So once you've asked yourself all the right questions and you've generated some of the skills and habits and goals you want to improve on, you want to actually go through and write down what you want to improve on. Like, what are your things? And I just want to go through a few of mine. I'm not going to go through every single one that I want to improve on, but I think these are my like top ones. And they vary from being very, you know, just personal skills and up to like technical knowledge. Um, first one here I have is less distractions. So I have an issue where if I have a bunch of tabs open or if I have a bunch of text like messaging applications open, I'm constantly getting bombarded with a bunch of stuff and I do get distracted pretty easily. Like I'm bad at being focused. Sometimes I can focus really well if I'm doing something really interesting, but other times like if I'm in between tasks, especially I have an issue, you know, going and switching tasks. So I'm trying to become less distracted, better at switching tasks and stuff like that. I have a uh, strategy for you for that. Actually, a strategy for that. Uh, one of the things that I always, I always had trouble with was I'm a big media guy. So I like watching movies, TV, stuff like that. And, uh, one of the things I always like would do is I would just be like, oh, I'll just like watch one episode of this. And it turns into like five, six episodes or something. Uh, one of the things that I did, and this is not just with the TV stuff, but with other distractions as well is throw it on my second monitor. And what I actually do is I almost trick my, myself into, I'm still watching this 
or I'm still interacting with this game, or I'm still interacting with whatever. But slowly, it's on my secondary monitor. Slowly, I'm being drawn into the work on my primary monitor. And then I see something that interests me in the work, and then all of a sudden, I, I like pause or close that on the left. So I honestly, like, what I'm almost doing is I'm accepting the fact that, like, I'm being distracted. But I just go like, yeah, no problem. Put it on the left. Like, when, when all this craziness happened with, like, this thing going down and all that, I was just like, I start, I, I detected myself getting a little bit, like, flustered. I was like, okay, I'm going to turn on Netflix, but on the secondary monitor and work on the primary. And so, like, 10, 15 minutes in, pause the Netflix, didn't need it, kept working. It's just something that, like, makes me think, like, oh, I'm still having fun. I'm still having fun. I'm not just working. And then I just go like, oh, man, I, I think I got to troubleshoot that file. And then I, like, get distracted and don't want the Netflix anymore. Yeah. So essentially the strategy would be give in to a certain degree yeah. to your distraction and then work your way out of that distraction. Because I think it's right. unrealistic that humans are not going to get distracted. We're going to get distracted. Like we just yeah. are going to get distracted. So the, the faster you can give in, the faster you can get to the next task and stuff like that. Yeah. I think there's some merit to that. Great. Do, 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 do. Small, uh, small tidbit now because of that. Um, that is – so that was my phone. I have to have my phone on because I have all the support stuff going on. That is Tony Soprano's ringtone. So enjoy that. Everything Fantastic. in my life is a reference, and that yeah. is Tony Soprano's you, ringtone. You, just just a walking reference. Jesus. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I, I might try that. I might try something like that because I did used to do similar things, but I found myself getting even more distracted if I had something on. But maybe with that intention of like, okay, let myself get distracted for a second – and then continue working and maybe I can get around it. So that's cool. Uh, next thing here is become better and neater at task management. And to explain that, um, I use a written system and an, and a, like a digital system for task management. I have a whole system in place and I've been evolving it. Uh, my biggest problem was with my written system is that I'm just using like uh, sticky notes and notepads and all my tasks are all over the place. I have no category system is just like a big task list i usually do like a weekly task list and then my sticky notes are for like daily tasks uh and that's working okay and i like it but i found that a like my writing is really bad so it just bothers me to even look at it so i want to improve my writing <laughs> which is a weird little thing but i think if i write better i will become better at task management so i'm gonna try it anyway that's one of the things that i'm going just to go try. digital gonna... bud save a tree come on now i gotta I'm guilt gonna... trip you now I've been thinking about it, but like I, every time I want to go digital, it's just it, I don't get the the satisfaction. Like there's a satisfaction to the writing for me for some reason. I don't know why, and I'm bad at writing, so I I cannot explain. Maybe it. maybe it's because you feel like you're improving on your writing. Maybe, wait, wait, improving know. on your writing is in the neatness of your writing, like the yes. actual like sculpting of the letters, not Correct. not the not the phrasing and the like grammar. Correct. Okay. The sculpting of the letters. That's what I want. I want to be better. I want to have, I want to look at my note and be like, Ooh, that's cool. And then go through the note. I don't know why that's just a, little, a weird little thing that I'm going to try to do. Uh, next thing here is better mentoring skills. So I'm working with a few, with a small team. Uh, I have a few developers and I want to make sure that I'm passing my knowledge on better than I was before. Cause I've, I've looked at myself, I've done the self-evaluation. I'm like, okay, I haven't done as good of a job as I want to do with mentoring. I've done enough. Like I, I have mentored, I have done code reviews and stuff like that, but I just, it's just not enough. Like I want to be better at it. So I'm going to look into mentoring, how it works, what you need to do. I'm going to look at the skills that it requires and I'm going to try to get better at it. I'm going to try to apply different kinds of strategies and stuff like that. So we'll see where that goes. Might do an episode on mentoring. So stay tuned for that. 
Um, and then follow up to that is I want to ask for more mentorship. So I have a developer that I work with that's more senior, like a senior level, uh, more senior than I am. And I want to make sure that I'm asking the right questions and getting the amount of mentorship that I need. Cause I feel like that's also lacking. Uh, it's mostly on my fault because I'm not asking the right questions in my opinion. So I'm going to try to get better mentorship from the people around me. Here, here's a question for you then, uh, mm-hmm. about mentorship. So I think that's, uh, I don't know, maybe that'd be a separate episode about mentoring, but one of the questions that I always kind of have is like, I don't really know where a mentor's line is. So when I always think of a mentor, it's always like the dad playing catch with the son. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's the first thing that pops into my head every time. Right. Whereas this is like professional, obviously we're not running around playing catch, but I don't know whether mentorship is just a matter of me asking questions from a person or is it a matter of me being, you know, actually this person being like, Hey, I'll help you for the next year or something. Like, is it more formal? Is it less formal? Like what? And so you can, what is it? <laughs> so you can have multiple mentors and you can have multiple different things for different for different aspects of your life. So for instance, you can have a professional mentor within the company that helps you with skills, right? Like directly helps you with your the frameworks that they're working on, the terminology, the the like the file management, the Git infrastructure. There could be a there could be a mentor assigned to you within a company that's like if you have any questions, ask them and they're supposed to come to you and take you through it step by step and be helpful and stuff like that. Then there's another aspect to mentorship where it's like mentorship as a person or mentorship within the industry. So that's someone that you should be able to ask questions like, hey, am I making enough money? Do I need to, you know, switch jobs? Do like, am I, am I being treated fairly? Stuff like that. And that's someone that should be on a senior level than you that's been through the industry quite a bit and someone you can be honest with and they can be honest with you, et cetera, et cetera. You can ask them these questions because being self-employed and working remotely we lack that interaction a lot like i know like i know i do i'm sure you do where we just don't have as many possible mentors as we possibly can um nor do we have the opportunity to mentor as much as we possibly can i think it goes both ways probably an argument for working in an office actually it definitely is an argument for working in an office or working in a larger team or not working remotely or not working as a freelancer, et cetera, et cetera. It's an argument for a lot of different things because especially when you're starting out, mentorship could be great. On the other hand, just to give a devil's advocate approach to this, mentorship could hinder you. So if you're, you know, a go-getter and you're going out there and you want to get like A, B and C done and you get a mentor and they're like, okay, well now you have to learn, uh, Ruby on Rails, and I'm going to teach you Ruby on Rails, and that's about it. And I'm going to teach you it really well because I'm a super big expert, but like just learn Ruby on Rails, you'll be fine in the industry. Well, they could be holding you back because, yeah, in their job, they're Ruby on Rails expert. They're the best at it. But 10 years down the line, maybe it's not going to be that important, right? And you're not going to be or, working with them, chances are, anyway. Exactly. Unless you so, work in the same office. But I mean, like that, there's not going to be another Ruby on Rails position possibly opened up at the company anyway. So. Yeah. So I think it's up to you to decide what you want to be mentored with and what and how much of the advice you're willing to take. And it's up to the mentor to decide what he's what he tells you. So if it's a good mentor, he would tell you, "Hey, I learned Ruby on Rails and it was great for me. 
but there's all these other frameworks that are coming up. Obviously, you're working in the company right now, so I would suggest you to get up to speed with it. But make sure you're up to date with the technology because maybe we're going to switch. And if you know Vue.js or React or just plain JavaScript, like learn the base and then work work your way up, then you can work with anything and then you can go on. So it's, it is a give, give and take relationship. It is a situation where you could be misled and stuff like that. So there is positives and negative, negatives about it. There's a lot you can learn yourself, obviously, through YouTube videos and tutorials and stuff like that where a mentor isn't needed as much anymore. But again... I haven't had, like, I, I have had a mentor and I have had experience being mentored. Uh, and it has helped me in a lot of different ways. So it's still a recommended thing where you at least try. Um, one thing that we could do in our Discord server is open up maybe a channel where people can apply to be mentors and, or men, more like mentorees or asked or mentorees. I don't even, I was trying to think of a word for that. If it's not a word, we're coining it. That's it. Yeah, mentor. Get your mentor so, here. <laughs> yeah, so maybe we can. If if you're interested in that, let us know in in the socials at HTML everything at HTML things on Instagram. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's those are those are those questions. There's one last question that I or one last kind of thing that I want to improve on here, and it's more technical. Uh, and that's to get better at security aspects of development. So what I mean by that is like, I know basics, like, you know, you have to have an SSL certificate. I know basic attack parameters, like they're, you know, defend from a man in the middle attack, stuff like that. Like I know very basics of security, but we're starting to work with clients that are so important, like where security is becoming more and more important. We're starting to work with information that we're taking that it's becoming more and more uh, important for me to actually go in and spend some time learning all these technologies that I could use to make a better product that's more secure, to not lose user data, to try to preemptively stop a leak. Like I know, I know our, all of our information is leaked all the time. Like if you go on, uh, was I pwned or whatever that site is called? Yeah, yeah uh, I, I know what you're a, talking about. Yeah, there's a site where like it it shows you all like if you type in your name or your email, it shows you where you you've been leaked. And I'm I've leaked in like it must be at fifty or sixty different leaks. Oh yeah, like, yep. it, it's crazy. It's a crazy amount of information that's been leaked by me, like from from me. So I want to make sure that I'm not the one leaking information as much as I possibly can. Uh, so I am going to improve my security knowledge. So I'm going to go and I'm going to look at courses for web web technology securities. Uh, server securities and stuff like that. I want to make sure that I'm up to date on that knowledge. I'm not, I don't want to be an expert. I want to clarify. I'm not, I'm not going to be the security guy. Like if we need a security guy, we're going to hire someone, but I want to be knowledgeable enough to be able to talk to them. And I want to be knowledgeable enough to be able to know that they're doing a good job. That's all. Yeah, that's a big that's a big one. Like I kind of get security procedures, honestly. But like don't you know, don't store things you don't need, and like don't have things in plain text, and use secure ways to transmit passwords, and you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things that really sucks is, uh, first off, that customers don't know that, so they just send pl- passwords and crap in plain text, which isn't great. Uh, but also another thing is that uh, you're kind of stuck. You're kind of stuck with. If you're completely in the dark about security and you hire a security guy, you actually don't know how security is if you have no knowledge. Because he could just be like, yeah, it's good. And he just bought like a $5 padlock. And then the assumption was that no one would ever come to that door. And maybe for 10 years, no one ever comes to that door. And then all of a sudden, someone comes with like, like a toothpick and like picks the lock. And then it's like, oh, damn. 
well, it was actually only a $5 padlock, so it did pretty good for 10 years. It's like, $5 padlock? Like, what are you talking about, man? Yep. Yeah. I think it's important to know a lot about, to know a lot of subjects enough to be able to talk to the experts in them, if that makes sense. Like, I know when I was in university, a big portion of my program was learning uh, how to communicate with engineers, like whether it be mechanical, electrical, whatever, uh, to be able to formulate systems that make it better and easier for them to do their job. So in 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 that term, like, we we had to kind of learn some electrical knowledge, we had to kind of learn some mechanical, whatever, like, we had to learn a bunch of different skills, uh, but not too in-depth, just enough to be able to talk about it. And just enough to be able to know if someone's bullshitting you, essentially. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, actually, now that you mentioned that, this just popped into my head, too. One of the things that you could add to the list for improvements, uh, or at least for, like, the general user, is actually communicating with those different people. So one of the things that uh, people will have trouble with is communicating. They won't know what to say in an email. So their initial support email or their initial sales email will include way too much or way too little information or a lot of information that's just irrelevant. Like, you don't need to tell the user what the IP address is. They don't care unless they have a very specific use case. Whereas the engineer doesn't want to have to say, like, you don't want to go to him and be like, hey, I'm having trouble, like, pinging. And the guy's like, pinging what? So he emails you back. It's like, pinging what? (laughs) I'm having trouble pinging, like, the DNS. Okay, which DNS? Like, we have six or whatever. What what DNS? Like, instead of it being four and five things back and forth having those like things you know prepare like you're obviously going to miss some stuff because you're, you're, you're asking for help but like having those things ready and also people want people like point form notes as a uh, thing as well so people love point form notes so if you can just do like i always put like a main takeaways like if i send a big log i'll be like main takeaways that i see are this but please check the document for more and so they'll be like oh yeah you know whatever I always do that. Main takeaways or items of note. We've done this. We've done this. We've done this, including troubleshooting steps, stuff like that. So communicating, that's a really good one. Is Communicating is a big one because you don't want to have – if someone has a 24-hour response time due to their job, you don't want to be having three of those days spent talking about an IP address that could have been sent initially, for example. Yeah. Exactly. And, and there's a lot of different things that we can work on. Like these are just like kind of scratching the surface and this is something that I'll probably be focusing on those ones. Um, whereas the other stuff will kind of just come up into play as the year progresses and as I'm, as it's needed. Um, but other than that, I don't really have anything else to say on this topic. I don't know, Matt, if you want to kind of give your, any, any sort of improvements that you want to do. Um, the other thing that I could say is that we've had a good discussion. If you want to forego web news, I think it'll be okay in this kind of episode where the discussion is okay, but it's up to you. This poor web news has been foregoed twice, but I I would like to, I would like to touch on something. Uh, that I'd like to improve on. And Mm -hmm. I think what it is, is like, I'm already kind of touching on it, but what I'm actually doing is finding stuff and I'll just explain what I mean. So this whole UX thing that I, this whole UX path that I'm on, it's not too crazy, right? I'm not buying like a super efficient bicycle that teleports into a car or something like it's not, I'm doing it within my, my bounds. But one of the things that I've discovered because I've been looking for efficiencies is actually that our, communication it's not maybe not our communication but it's definitely a part of it our communication and our way that we handle customer everything from taking in the job to communicating with them to whatever is inefficient and it's inefficient in such a way that every website we do because we're an agency has a potential to be a different system 
We support a few different CMSs, uh, certainly a bunch of different sites, and it's not all accessible from one place. And there's not one support portal that they go to to contact us and stuff like that. Now, some of that stuff will come as we scale up. Like, that just makes sense. But I think a lot of it is going to have to be stuff that we maybe take a look at. And that's one of the things that I want to maybe look at more this year is sometimes a customer will contact me and be like, I'm having trouble with this. And I'm just like, what CMS are they on? Like, what system are they on? And so we almost need like a manifest for them for each customer so I can go in and be like, oh, they have this property, this property, this property under us. This is on this host. This is on like we're big enough now that we have a legacy host that we don't longer use. Like it's, it's, it's to that degree. So it's like, are they on the legacy system? Are they in the new system? Is it this? Is it that? Is it this? Is it that? What is it? So that's just what I mean. Uh, that's one of the, the things I think I, I want to improve is just like procedural stuff. Uh, another thing that we've already done this year is, uh, and we're going to get confirmed as well is just our bookkeeping in general has really, uh, become really efficient. And, uh, usually we, keep all the physical documents and then we digitize them at the end we're going to be digitizing them throughout so that's a huge one that we did a huge efficiency that we did and uh like it's already all done up for 2020 already and it feels fucking fantastic uh to just have that done because i just don't want to see it because i hate it as i stated before i just hate it um but i, I can't see this is this is one of my issues i think is uh, I'm, I'm so scatterbrained but i have to be because i'm working on so many different cases that i can't think of a specific thing to improve on like one of the things I'll touch on is I've all, like I always think to myself I should learn another front end like I should learn more than just the vanilla HTML CSS and stuff. Now obviously I'm bringing more skills to the table than that. I'm bringing server admin skills, IT skills. I'm bringing a bunch of like ad- like management skills because I've learned them in the last like three four years. Uh, I'm le- I'm business admin stuff. I know who to contact. I have a big you know whatever. I have a bunch of contacts in the industry. Those type of things. So like I have other skills I'm bringing, but in terms of web development, one of my major problems is I'm just like an HTML, CSS, JS guy, and I'm not even like really huge into JS. And so I always think to myself, I need to improve, but then it's like, well, maybe I should just learn PHP, but then it's like, but I'm not actually all that great in, v- in JS, but then it's like, well, maybe I shouldn't bother with the vanilla stuff. Maybe I should go into React and I'm entering this, this like weird circle of stuff that's on the to-do that isn't officially on the to-do. And then I'm too busy to do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me let me try to I don't know if it's a suggestion or just my thought process would be if like you do a lot of business business administration stuff and you do a lot of client relation stuff right now, um, which is hindering you from being technical as much. Yes. Like you you do less technical, like you've transitioned, it's been a year uh that you've been doing more and more business administration tech like stuff like that. If your goal would be to do technical, I think Part of that goal would have to be to find a way to put that business administration stuff either automated or onto another person. Right. So it would have to be like a a virtual assistant or something like that. You know what I mean? So if that was your goal, then one of the paths you could go down is trying to find help with certain things that you don't like to do. Right. That's how I see it. Because if you want to be able to pump out more websites yourself – Right. If that's your goal, I don't know what it, I don't know if it is or not. But if that's your goal, then you need that time, which you don't have currently because you're on support calls. You're constantly doing, uh, you know, hosting stuff. You're constantly doing, uh, email, email responses. You're constantly on calls with different clients telling them if you can, if they can't, what they can do, stuff like that. Like that kind of stuff. Although important to the business and you're doing, you're like, if you like doing it, then you should continue. 
could be done at least parsed through a, a, a third party. Right. In my opinion. Like they could, you know, get all that information for you and condense it enough for you to be able to do it in like an afternoon instead of having to do it every day. So we we would need to have more procedures. Like you said, I think procedures is a very big one. And it like if I had the time, I would also put that on my list. But I don't even have the time. Like I don't I don't think I'll be able to get to a more procedured instance of stuff. Right. Um, I'm going to try, but I, I'm not sure. So it's tough. Maybe it, it, it might be worthwhile to hire someone. Well, see, that to do the, this, this stuff. is the crazy thing is, is now that you bring that up and bring that to like sort of just say it. I do like the business admin stuff. I really like making just decisions and being like, no, you can do this. Yes, you can't. This is what I think you should do with your site. I think you should add ads here. I think you should remove this. Um, I think one of the things maybe I'm having trouble with is I, I'm good at delegating actually. Like, I, I mean, I'm tooting my own horn there, but like, I'm, I'm good at delegating as in, I don't mind someone else doing it. Whereas some people are like attached and being like, no, I want to make yeah. the slider. And I'm just like, I don't care. Like, do the slider. You know what I mean? Um, like entrepreneurs are like attached to what they do, they, but I'm pretty good at just being like, do the slider, bud. Like, I don't care. This type of thing. So I would say that. It's not so much delegation. It's so much it, what it is. I think is it's maybe I'm having trouble letting go of the technical side. Now, obviously, I can't because we're a small business. Let go of the technical side completely because I I use those technical knowledge to talk to people. But like, or at least not right now. But one of the things that like sucks is is it's like I just I'm I'm having trouble letting go of the technical side and it's not going further. But my business admin side is going further. But I'm not paying attention to that. And then I realize like, oh damn, like I'm actually like. Not freaked out when a customer is freaking out. I used to be freaked out, and I'm just sort of like, okay, bud, like, we'll take a look. Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, like, what's going to happen? Like, <laughs> you know, where, so, like, that's a huge improvement. Um, and we haven't gotten any customer complaints. I mean, I think I'm better on calls now and stuff, too. And I like making those decisions. Like, we should cut this out. We should do this. This is your solution. This is what we should do. And I think I'm just having trouble letting go, which I can't technically see this is this weird, but like I'm having trouble letting go of that technical side where I'm like, no, I need to know what's going on back there. But in reality, that, there's a few projects now where I have no idea that there's a major problem. I have to call for help. Like I have no, idea, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on back there. Not a clue. So on to flip it then, if you're, if you seem to be liking the management side, then maybe instead of hiring a virtual assistant, we hire another developer. Another developer, yeah, another technical person. Yeah. That wouldn't be bad. Why not? That wouldn't be bad. If you if you like delegating, that's a tough skill. Like that's a really d- difficult skill to get. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that if you get really good at, you can generate a lot of income just by being good at delegating. So it would make sense in my eyes to get someone that can do the stuff that you want to do technically, like Webflow and any sort of JavaScript JS stuff, front end development essentially. Because we have a backend developer right now, uh, and you delegate to them, and then you are free to do all the decision making, the admin stuff, just being staying on top of your technical skills enough to be able to talk about it and stuff like that, and getting more clients or doing or maybe doing more like passive income work and stuff like that. Like yeah, that's been big, and and, and that's a lot of yeah. decision making more than it is technical. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, this customer has these problems and you identify that. These customers have these problems. It's going to be big to fix these problems. Why don't we just put them on a sustainable plan? So I like it because I get paid all the time. They like it because they're not paying as much. And then we're both happy and hooray for, you know, hooray for both of us. 
Yeah. So it, it's it's something to think about. Because um, I do like delegating. I like being like, okay, you do the slider, you do the nav bar. Everyone's like, like f off on the body. Like I'll do that, and then I'll and like you know whatever. Like I'm pretty crazy like that sometimes. Like I'll be like, no, 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 everyone, shut up. You do this, you do this, you do this, and then we'll like we reconvene. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I think it makes sense, but yeah, I think w- going through this process, we've kind of gone through a uh, a self assessment and made some, you know, goals and stuff through it. So I mean, you've heard it live. You've heard it you've live. Heard it live on. The I actually air. kind of preferred it being less scripted. Now, not every episode could be like this, but I actually preferred it being almost off the cuff, where I wouldn't have identified some of this stuff earlier. Like I've never yeah. just thinking about it, I've never really thought of of me at developing my own like business admin skills. But now that I think about it. It was a damn disaster a year ago. Now it's just like okay, yeah. Like I'd be exactly. I'd be sweating and freaking out right now. I freaked out a little bit on the QuickBooks stuff. I caught the messages. Yeah. I went a little mad. Yeah, the classic Matt messages. Classic Matt. I don't like, think that's ever gonna go away. I don't think you're ever gonna be like <laughs> completely calm, Matt. Like I, I think if that happens, then I'll be worried. I would might be worried like, too. I might just be depressed at that. Yeah, point. yeah, you might just be broken at that point. But yeah, you have gotten a lot better at managing it and. uh and a lot faster at getting through it too. Like that's another big thing. Oh yeah, like I just I we had major problems with with like auditors and stuff. Like not auditors and technical or like a, not auditors as in financial, but technical auditors and stuff. And usually I'd be all like worried. Now I just like pick up the phone and be like, "Hey, like it's no problem." And that's huge actually, and I didn't realize it till now. That's great. That's crazy. Okay. Self-reflection. It ain't stuff it ain't the stuff of fairy tales. Um I agree though. I think we should Maybe not do the web news because it's pretty big. And I, and I actually do want to script that. So the, the web news again is going to be regarding sort of in a, the way I'm, I'm envisioning it, but it applies to other environments as well is a corporate environment and why the different teams and departments hate each other and why they don't like each other and what we can do about that, that type of thing. Uh, just something that I've kind of observed over the years. So I'm going to be probably because I do business admin now. So like, <laughs> uh, I will be discussing that hopefully in the next episode if we don't go super kind of conversational, but uh, I think we've had enough conversation for today. Uh, so any, anyone, oh, anyone, real quick code challenge alert. Uh, I said I would announce the deadline for, for submiss, submitting, submissing, submitting, good lord, the, uh, code challenge. Now I am talking specifically about the code challenge from our Discord. And I think we mentioned it a couple episodes ago as well. Uh, it's the vanilla slider code challenge. I want all submissions in by the end of the day on Tuesday. So that would be Tuesday the 10th. That would be the night, the night before the podcast, next week's podcast airs. Because we won't talk about it on next podcast, obviously, because we probably will have had it recorded. But the one after that, the 18th, we'll probably end up talking about it. I want to give us a good amount of time to take a look. We've had one submission already. If you have, if you're, you know, curious what this is, uh, go to our Discord, join our Discord. It's free, whatever. Come in there. There's a uh, code dash challenges channel. Go in there and there's like a code challenge layout. There's a couple of submissions in there. Uh, it tells you how to submit. You just need a GitHub account. You don't have to pay or anything. And uh, there's some parameters for like if we like if we like what you send in and we want to share it. And you want like if we choose your thing and you want your I don't know Facebook shared or something like that. We can absolutely do that. But there's some parameters on how to do that. You have to put it in a file and stuff. All the restrictions are in there. And we're always on the Discord anyway. So 
ask questions in that code challenges discord so again all submissions by tuesday the 10th inclusive so send it in on the 10th the 10th is the last day if you send it in on the 11th it ain't happening that's march 10th 2020 to be clear for future listeners okay uh now now the actual conclusion thank you for listening and make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing on the platform of your choice. You can follow us on the socials via at HTML All The Things. That's on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter via at HTML Everything. We're on Medium and we're on GitHub. And we're also on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash HTML All The Things. Check out the tiers. Give that a go. And many thanks to our $3 tier patron, Sean from RabbitWorks JavaScript. Find him at youtube.com slash RabbitWorks JavaScript. Garrick from Local Path Computing and Web Design. Find him at localpathcomputing.com. Craig, a.k.a. Cosworth. Ryan Gatchel from Blue Black Digital. Find him at blueblackdigital.com. Chris from Self-Made Web Designer. Self-Made Web Designer. Find him at selfmadewebdesigner.com. Tim from The Web Hacker. Find him at thewebhacker.com. And DL Ford from dlford.io. Feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform that you're listening to this on. And we are signing off. Yeah.